Welcome back to the Black Squadron podcast, episode 16. 16? Wow. Um, I'm BP, and with me, generally, as always, David. Yay, we're back. Yay. <laughs> uh, it's been a trying two weeks with everything that's going on in the world with uh, COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're both pretty much shut down and locked in our homes because of it. So you'd think we'd have plenty of time, but we both have kids and jobs and such that we have to do remotely. So uh bit time has become a yeah non-existing thing suddenly. <laughs> um, luckily, fortunately, and unfortunately, there hasn't been a ton of Star Wars news or anything new coming out, but uh, there's been a couple things. And so we'll go over that. And um, we were fortunate enough to have a couple um KOTOR and SWOTOR experts come on the podcast and do an interview with us and just give basically an overall history lesson of the Old Republic. It's incredible. I'm excited to share it with everybody. And um, make sure you follow Jay and Ash after we hear that interview. But for now, let's just um, let's jump into toys. David and I are with Fanatics yeah. about collecting and so there's a couple things announced um, here recently, and David, if you want to go ahead and say one of them, I can say the other. Let's see. So I think it's a GameStop exclusive, the six inch Black Series Shadow Trooper. It's a eBay eBay Games exclusive, but GameStop was supposed to carry it, and I've called them a couple of times, and they're not. They don't know. Yikes. They have, <laughs> Yeah, so that's a. Uh, <laughs> I think I showed them. I even showed them the thing saying that it's actually a GameStop. They're still like, nah, sorry, dude. Yeah, this is crazy. Everything is so screwed up right now. Um, I um, guess the other big thing is that Deluxe Hot Toys Mando and the Child. Oh, dude. that thing is beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> So he's in the the best car armor, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh my god, it's beautiful. I mean, I think they released like thirty pictures of it from like every possible <laughs> angle. <laughs> uh, Hot Toys is incredible. I used to think that they were crazy expensive. They are, but when you actually look at the what you get, the the details, the every little piece of accessories, like three hundred bucks, it's a lot of money, but geez, it feels mm. like it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that's missing is Pedro's face. I wonder if season a couple seasons in, assuming we a more like multiple season, if he'll go helmetless at any point, hmm. like for an extended period of time. I think it'll be toward the end again. Do you? I actually had that was a shower thought. Do you think that <laughs> in the next episode or next uh, season or upcoming seasons that the, his armor will be painted? I think it will be. I, I think as they keep adding on, he's going to keep adding on as the seasons go on. Because I wonder if he'll paint it based off of the people who took him in, mm-hmm. or based off of the armor's look, or Death Watch, or anything. I think it's be based off of the people that took him in. Or will he create a new scheme for the uh, Tribe of Two? Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I say he could do it green to be the child, but then he, people were even more confused about him being Boba Fett. Right. Actually, speaking of the Mandalorian, um, 
I posted a video on our YouTube channel for I got some uns I guess surprisingly I got a package a month early from Amazon for the Mandalorian and Cardoon vintage collection figures. Hmm. Uh, it's only two minutes long. Go give it a like, follow us, whatever the hell you do on YouTube. <laughs> um, but the figures are great. I, I, I'm blown away. They look awesome. The details, when you like look, actually look at the figures, the face scan on Cardoon is really good. Mm-hmm. If I'm Paige, if I'm Oscar Isaacs, I'm even more angry. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing for Ray, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's nuts. They just can't get Oscar, man. Um, I don't think they'll ever get Oscar. That guy is... <laughs> uh, actually, but yeah, they look really nice. I'm still waiting for mine. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. And actually, I pre-ordered a Mandalorian... I'm sorry, the Mandalorian Funko Pop from Amazon, the exclusive, where he's... Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he's holding the rifle vertically instead of across himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was supposed to come out in early March, but... It got delayed, and now it says May 4th, but I'm not angry at a May 4th Star Wars mail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to get mail, May the 4th sounds like a great uh, time to do that. And I take the Mandalorian figures instead of that anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but Yeah, but they look, both, both of them look really nice. Really nice. Okay, so anyway, go to our YouTube page, uh, Black Squadron Podcast, and check that out. It's only two minutes long. It goes pretty quick. Um but speaking of the child, the child Funko Pops are reportedly hitting stores. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, can't go to stores right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of moot. Uh, but eventually, maybe one day, we'll be able to go back outside and enjoy the world. <laughs> Won't know what to do once you go out there, but, you know. <laughs> I know, right? What do I do with my hands? <laughs> what is this bright thing in my face? <laughs> Uh, actually, I was just joking with my wife. I, I set up my my work remote station at my in my studio, so I have it's like well lit. There's a window right to my right, uh, but my real office in the arena there's no windows, and I don't turn the lights on. I just have my monitors light the office. Um, so I'm so used to working in the dark that I'm literally sitting like a vampire with like a hood over my head. <laughs> oh man. Um, there wasn't an announcement for this, and I don't know if you saw this, David, but a uh, couple, I feel like months ago now, it could have been weeks ago, time is not real anymore, um, <laughs> but Hasbro, Hasbro Hasbro released a Hydra figure in mass, essentially, so like an army builder figure. Um, mm-hmm. So people have been clamoring to get Stormtroopers in the same line. They're kind of like, discount is not the right word, but they're not as expensive as like a regular Black Series figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have been tagging Hasbro on Twitter, and finally Hasbro replied. It said something along the lines of "Winky Face." <laughs> yeah. Um, so we could stay, stay tuned, yeah. or something like that, or so we could be getting some droid. Um, droid, jeez, Louise, some oh, uh, army building. I got clankers on the brain. <laughs> so that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'd be down for that. I mean, stormtroopers are what I associate the most with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And those are TK troopers, by the way, not first order. Not the yeah, not the first order ones. Uh, Hydra, nothing's wrong with those. I think those look really good, actually. Yeah, they, they look really good. Good, decent price, you know, especially for trying times now. Mm-hmm. And it's great for the toy photographers too, because they obviously go through a lot of figures. Um, 
and they make some really cool stuff. If you guys aren't searching Star Wars toy photography on Instagram, do yourself a favor and go do that because there's some really, really, really good, good ones. ones. Like really good. Um, in fact, I think now just off the top of my head, we'll probably have one or two toy photographers on just to, so they can talk about their process and stuff like that. So, um, hell, I might even would, start doing it myself. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. That'd be good to have on because I've always wondered how they do all that. Like how they think of the places to go to mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the backyard and just prep everything up in your backyard or. Yeah. And how they get scale just, right with the six inch figures. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. But if you haven't checked them out, go check them out. Really awesome. Yeah. There's a couple, I have a couple of favorites, but I don't want to say the wrong handle. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, um, actually, I'm going to start sharing them on Twitter. It'll be links to Instagram. I know that can be annoying for folks, but Twitter is not the place for photos most for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's it for toys. I know. I think we already talked about it, but General Giant has a giant 11 inch Mandalorian in his first armor. What oh, I yeah. call the training wheels armor. I don't think we talked about that one. Uh, but yeah, it's coming out soonish. Uh, it looks really good. Diamond Select, people sleep on Diamond Select because the prices are quote unquote low compared to, you know, Sideshow and Hot Toys. But I have a mm. bunch of Diamond Select, and for 40, 45 bucks, you can't beat it. Uh, but this man, this yeah, Mandalorian is huge. It's premium. So it's like a one, 111 or 110. So, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time, so that time and money isn't kind of pricey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> time and money are nothing anymore, David. Don't worry about it. Yeah, time. <laughs> what is time? Oh man, actually, this 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 episode is going to be all over the place, folks. So just buckle in. But uh, yeah, we're we're trying to get back into the groove. I you know. told my wife earlier today, and I was like, I don't think I don't know what's going to be harder when I have to actually have to go back to work, it, whether it's getting up at a certain time and getting ready and going to work and being there on time. Or literally just wearing real pants again. <laughs> I haven't. I've been wearing sweatpants for like fifteen days now. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I was wearing Star Wars sweatpants, a Star Wars hoodie. I was me and my daughter were walking around the neighborhood. She has a Star Wars sweater on and R two D two hat. Um, and she likes to play Star Wars, so she's R two and I'm Darth Vader. She doesn't get the. <laughs> Uh, separation <laughs> teams there but um we were running down the street and she goes come on darth vader and this guy looks at me and goes you kill kids right <laughs> like, jesus christ wow. i was like get back buddy there's six feet yeah you know, <laughs> you, did you cover your daughter's ears uh, no hell of it you're like uh, She'll find out eventually. And honestly, I think she's going to yeah. be side with Vader because she loves Darth Vader. It's crazy. Well, some people did. It's that. funny. She's afraid of Batman, but not Darth Vader. Hmm. <laughs> it's got to be the years. Huh? I think it is. On uh, And I have a cow in my studio, uh, Batman. So he, it doesn't have any eyes or a mouth. It's creepy. It's like super <laughs> creepy. It's um, oh, a really pain in the ass to put on. Uh, <laughs> so there's a ton of comics coming out. Um, I haven't had a chance to read any yet. This has been like the craziest two weeks I can remember. But I did want to mention, I did see um, the company, uh, the Diamond Distributors, I think it's called, who basically ships all comic books or 
hurting right now because of all the shutdowns and workforce being cut in half and all that jazz. So there's a good chance that comics are going to start becoming pretty scarce for a while um, until we can get a handle on all this uh, virus. So just uh, know that, be prepared for that. If that's something you could possibly be worried about in terms of having comic books to read, uh, go sock up at your local comic book store, call ahead, they'll drop them off for you or uh, mm-hmm. get nuts and go digital. I'd never thought I would go digital and I have recently. And I got to tell you, I love it <laughs> for comics. <laughs> right. It, the yeah. pictures are so vibrant. Uh, you just can't, can't beat it. Right. Much as I love a real book in my hand, I did the Star Wars comics on my iPad, the lightsabers just pop different. It's awesome. Yeah. What, what uh, app do you go? I go through your comic, comicology. So I, right now, I'm using Kindle Unlimited. Um, okay. It's through your Amazon Prime. Uh, it's like 10 bucks a month, I think. But there's a bunch of quote unquote free comics that you can get. Um, it, honestly, it's a trap because it gives you like the first <laughs> first volume, maybe the second, and then it'll skip the third but give you the fourth. So you have mm-hmm. to buy the third. I mean, it's brilliant. Uh, but there's a lot of comics that are beyond there. Like I'm currently obsessed with a book called Ox Machina, and there's like all ten volumes on there. It's bananas. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I read a ton of Star Wars. Everything Star Wars on there. There's even some legend stuff. Uh, on there yeah, which is cool yeah. they even have the original marvel run omnibus on there which is like 900 yeah. pages you'd be there for <laughs> literal weeks reading that thing <laughs> uh, but i do I use Comic, comicology comicology uh it, it's a uh, 5.99 a month mm-hmm. but same with what you're saying like dr afro all in order and then it'll skip like three <laughs> and you have to pay for those <laughs> And then it will continue, and then it will skip another three. So I'm at the part with skipping, and I'm not paying. So <laughs> <laughs> I went on to something else, and I read Thrawn, and they had all of those. So um, if you go and do – you can do 30 days free on Kindle Unlimited, and I'm pretty sure all the Dr. Affers are on there because that's how I read them. Oh, well. Um, headed yes. that way. Uh, Kindle is good stuff, man. Books, magazines, comics, a little bit of everything. Um, but um, so not to, not to. I know you haven't read anything, but uh, so far so good with the the newer comics. Have you read Bounty Hunters? I did. I finished it last it night, and it was yeah, it's pretty good. Is it's gonna be interesting. It's got our. It's got. Dr. Afra in it. Is the art so, inside the book, the interior art, the same as the cover art? Like the same artist, the same style? Uh, it's a little bit different. Because I know when I picked it's up not... the Mace Windu comic and I loved the cover, but when you open it up, it's a completely different art style. I did not. Mm-hmm. I, that, tur- that honestly turned me off the whole series. So I'm hoping that when I pick this <laughs> one up, it's not the same. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit different. It's not exactly mm-hmm. the same, but it's still good. Keeps you interested, yeah. and I honestly have no interest in finishing the Father Ring series. Oh boy! Oh, uh, but I am bummed that I haven't gotten caught up on the Star Wars main series. Um, I need to get my act together, and Vader, honestly. Uh, I'm not sure what they were trying to do with Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't know what. Uh, even the drawing was bad. Like they just, 
I think it was just pushed out for like the money ground. Yeah, it just I don't know, just bad end. I could tell you I've read the first two, and I can't honestly sit here and tell you what really what it was about. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. I forced myself to finish this one. Yeah, and so missed opportunity, I guess. (laughs) It's such a weird. Maybe if it would have come out before the movie, I don't know. Is that what it is? Is it just we know the outcome of what? I mean, we're. I mean, he's he's bad. This, they tried to make it seem like he was a good, good person. Yeah, it does feel like a, he, they tried to retcon some things from Force Awakens, and I just don't. I I just prefer that what happened in the movies over what happened in this comic. So I guess I'll just won't acknowledge its existence. <laughs> Well, and it just seemed like every panel he had, he was screaming. Yeah. Like, he was just, like, this two-year-old kid that was screaming at everybody all the time. And I think that's drawing threw me off, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did look kind of different in every panel. Mm-hmm. And once again, the Knights of Ren just sitting there, like, nothing. Yeah, that's the whole... Knights Ren thing is so confusing as to why why? Like they look so good, they didn't good. do yeah. anything. I guess so, it's the Star Wars um, background character way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so, but yeah, uh like I mentioned at the beginning, um we sat down and had an interview with some folks and we'll play that here in a moment for you. But before we do, we have a new segment that we're gonna rotate between the host uh, moving forward and i'm gonna start because it was my idea and that's how i roll i'm kidding <laughs> um <laughs> but i am starting that that wasn't a joke <laughs> um so it's called i'll let you go ahead it's called the bsp ship of the week um so we obviously love this star wars stuff a lot and so we just want to talk about it and then times where there's not a lot to talk about new we thought we'd just dig into a little bit of everything. So uh, this week it's the, the BSP, which is Black Squadron Podcast, uh, Ship of the Week. And I have chosen a ship that I just aesthetically love to look at, um, particularly since playing all the Battlefront game, the, the latest Battlefront game, because it's literally everywhere. Um, the LAAT gunship is so badass. <laughs> Um, I just love it. It looks so good flying in and out. Uh, it's awesome, like laser cannon it has, like the little gun bubble. They really don't care about clones like at all because there's no wall, no sides. <laughs> it's like open cockpit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so LAAT stands for Low Altitude Assault Trooper, well, transport ship essentially. Um, but they end up using it for a little bit of everything because it was so versatile. And like I said, it could do the low altitude flying, which you'd think would be a priority in, in the Star Wars. But here we are. Um, and if I had one of my own, what would I name an LAAT boy? While you're thinking of that, is that is that what they based the Razor Crest off of? I think it might be in the same family. I don't know if we've gotten any sort of information on that like actual information, but it mm-hmm. definitely has similarities like the cockpit um, mm-hmm. and the overall body, not the wings, but the body Defi- definitely, definitely body, looks yeah. like it. So 
it's possible. It'd be really cool if we find out it ends up being like a retrofitted gunship that he just like put together. That'd mm-hmm. be really cool. Um, boy, what would I name it? I guess I th- Thunder. I'm feeling Thunder, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just feeling the Thunder. Maybe it's because I'm I love Thor. Thunder. Just feel like when you hear the LAAT coming in, you're you're in trouble. Yeah, I'll go with Thunder. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. From the front, it looks like a uh, grasshopper. <laughs> it's it's. I believe when they were in the process of creating a lot of things in Star Wars, they basically they look, did look at insects. So I guess that would make sense. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture right now of it, and also. Awesome. It really, I mean, it looks really good. <laughs> and then I think in the Clone Wars series, they, when they start getting shown on the personality more and the clones start painting them and they put like the, the shark teeth on it, like the uh, Mustang fighters in the War II. Uh-huh. And uh, there's, I think it's fan art. If it's not, I apologize. The, some of the clones put a picture of Padme riding a missile, like a pinup style. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of awesome. So. Um, so yeah, LAAT gunship, the BSP ship of the week. Uh, kicking around the idea of doing a BSP background character of the week too. Um, just trying to get a feel from the rest of the guys. Um, and just so you guys know, keep your head on a swivel. Once we get all four guys back on for an episode, we're going to do uh, a segment where each of us go through and say what we think the other person would be in Star Wars universe. <laughs> That's so that's those are always fun. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> um, we are also going to fan cast the entire Bad Batch uh, coming up on the next episode. So that's probably going to be it's a little tougher than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't want to like be obvious and like pick like massive stars, but I also mm-hmm. like. I, I have some ideas. We'll get into it in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for now. Let's get into our interview with Jay and Ash of the cosplayers of the Old Republic group on Facebook and Instagram. They are Knights of the Old Republic era, the Old Republic era experts. Um, Ash's knowledge is is deep. I would I would classify it as deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, enjoy that. Make sure you follow us. And them on Instagram and Twitter. We're actually we're closing in on 600 followers. Um, I might do a quarantine giveaway just because I'm bored uh, <laughs> here before we hit that, and I got some stuff to give away. So, um, being heads up for that on Twitter. And without further ado, let's just jump into our interview. Okay, thanks for uh, giving us this opportunity. Uh... We actually are uh, admins for a cosplay group called Cosplayers Old Republic, and that's where a lot of our research up to this point has come from, just trying to keep up with all the different people who are coming in with uh, vastly different uh, time periods from this era. So uh, out of this, we've created a bit of a crash course just to get to go over some of the, uh, the major, major events from uh, a time period that mainly stretches back about 5,000 years before the uh, uh, original movie, A New Hope. But um, we're actually going to start about 25,000 years before for a little detour. Uh, Way back when, 
the whole galaxy was ruled by the Rakadans, uh, this alien species with thin faces with eye stalks on either side of their head. They uh, ran something called the Infinite Empire, and that lasted from about 36,000 years to about 25,000 years before the movies. They were known to be brutal, force-sensitive conquerors. They enslaved thousands of worlds, trillions of people, uh, made most of them vassals. They were very xenophobic. And um, out of this time period, it's not quite Dawn of the Jedi, but they would have force-sensitive humans be their force hounds to try to hunt down more, more force relics and such. Um, mysteriously, though, a plague ended up coming in right around 25,000 years before, uh, wiped out most of the Rakatan race. No one knew where it came from, stripped the force sensitivity from those who uh, did, were not, did not get killed in the actual plague. And then their, their whole empire, their whole culture just sort of drifted away. But uh, throughout Knights of the Old Republic, uh, our characters will end up running into old Rakatan tech, old Rakatan ruins. And so uh, that's that's how that all sort of ties into uh, the Old Republic. Um, skipping about 20,000 years forward is when we run into uh, the Great Hyperspace Wars, about 5,000 years before. Uh, this is around the time when uh, Jedi, uh, the, the first Dark Jedi came about and after the hundred year darkness where the there's a, a fight between uh, light and dark all the dark jedi were exiled space never to be seen again except they ended up crash landing on a planet called korriban where the uh, sith purebloods the original sith species li lived and they saw these dark jedi as almost gods because they had fallen from the stars and they had magical powers and over the generations they ended up interbreeding with the Sith that lived on this planet, taking them from a primitive species to much more of a, a human-Sith hybrid and very, very powerful on the dark side. Um, as they became more powerful, once they eventually ran into the Republic, that's where the Great Hyperspace War and the old Sith Wars came from. You had these powerful Sith like Naga Sadao and Ludo Kresh and Mark Aragnos, who ended up fighting not only the Republic and trying to destroy the Republic, but ended up also having uh, these, these Sith Lords fight each other, trying to undermine each other, trying to become the most powerful. Um, at the closer end of that spectrum, a little bit closer to 4,000 years, that's when you had probably one of the most famous Dark Jedi ever appear on the scene, uh, Exar Kun, uh, a Jedi that was seduced by the dark side and had the first double-bladed lightsaber in all of uh, Star Wars Legends. Um, he ended up just decimating the Republic and, and totally changing the face of, of what the Republic saw as the threat of, of uh, both the Dark Jedi and the Sith. Um, so the, the whole Dawn of the Jedi, Tales of the Jedi, that's this time period. Um, another famous Jedi from this time period is Nomi Sunrider. Um, she had quite an impact. Um, so, Exar Kun, right at the end there, around 4,000 BBY, he ends up creating such a stir and causes such destruction that the that the galaxy itself is just wounded and starts to pull back from itself. There's a lot of uh, dissent in the uh, 
Jedi Order, a lot of questions about, you know, how could this have happened? Um, so many Jedi ended up dying trying to fight Exar Kun that uh, then the, the Jedi Order itself became a little bit more decentralized. And this is around the time that the Knights of the Old Republic comics came out. Uh, they were originally Dark Horse. They've been reprinted by Marvel slowly. It, I was... I, I was trying to get a full collection of all the omnibuses and they were really dragging their feet. It was like 18 months between reprints. Um, but this gets us into what's properly known as the Knights of the Old Republic era. Just after Exar Kun, and it's the time period that includes both the Mandalorian Wars and the Jedi Civil War. Um, about 3996 BBY um, is when the Mandalorian Wars start. It, around this time, uh, the Mandalore at the time ended up gathering all of the desperate uh, Mandalorian clans together, realizing that the Mandalorians shouldn't just be sitting still. Their goal is to commit conquest. So uh, the, they route, they get spacecraft, they get their clans together, and they really start pushing out into the galaxy. This is still when the Mandalore and a lot of the leadership were of the Tong species, which are kind of reptilian. If you look them up on Wikipedia, sorry. Um, and But it this really changed the Mandalorian order because as they pushed through and they conquered world after world, the Republic saw it as appeasement. Fine, they're taking over a few planets. But like they're not gonna they're not gonna make their way all the way in. They'll get bored after a while, they'll stop, they'll be happy with what they got. But they just kept pushing, they kept conquering worlds. And out of this, their neo-crusader movement, as they took people over, started accept finally accepting more than just Tong or human as Mandalorians. You had Rhodians and Cathar and uh, Deveronians who were pulled in, and as long as they followed the Mandalorian code, they were considered part of the people. And I feel like this is a real turning point for that whole culture. Um, eventually, though, the Republic kept trying to ignore it and ignore it as, as the Mandalorians kept taking over more and more space, especially ignoring it was the Jedi Order. They, they felt they were peacekeepers. They didn't want to get involved in a war. But uh, finally, a young uh, prodigal knight named uh, Revan ended up, no one knows his original name, ended up uh, getting together a force of Jedi, the Revanchist, to go out and fight the Mandalorians, to try to hold the line, to push them back, and to win the war. And uh, it was a hard fought, about 10 years. Um, but at the end of it, Mandal uh, Mandalore's defeated. He dies in one-on-one -on -one combat with Revan. The, uh, thousands upon thousands die in the final battle when the mass shadow generator is detonated, which is part of the plot of Knights of the Old Republic 2. And then um, out of that, peace returns to the galaxy. But also, Revan and his followers, they've, they've done such brutal things in the name of the Republic that they all start falling to the dark side. More so... Revan, Revan ended up keeping on the good for a little bit, but he ended up trying to find where the reasons for the Mandalorian War came from, and he stumbles into Sith space, where the Sith have been hiding for all this time, and the Sith Emperor ends up pushing him and his uh, his, pad his Padawan, his companion, uh, Ma uh, Malak, 
to the dark side. And they end up coming back at a dark space with the Starforge, a space station that can create just thousands upon thousands of droids and ships. And he still has all of his forces from the Mandalorian Wars that were sort of exiled by the Jedi Order. And they steamroll the Republic. Most of the Jedi Order is wiped out. It creates the Jedi Civil War. And this starts bringing us a little bit closer to like 30, uh, 3970, 3960, um, where the the first Knights of the Old Republic game was this battle to try to defeat Revan. And then Revan's fight as he came back to the light, uh, according to the canon ending, and, and then fighting Malak to try to bring peace to the galaxy. And then, although peace lasts for a very short amount of time, another group called the Sith Triumvirate come out, and that's Darth Treya, Darth Sion, Darth Nihilus. And they try to also wipe out what remaining Jedi there are. And Mitra Surik, a good friend and uh, general for Revan, uh, in Revan's absence, ends up having to fight that battle to try to save the Republic. It's a very, very violent little uh, time period. Um, some of the characters you might know from this, I, I mentioned a couple of them, but some of the most famous from this time period end up being like Zane Carrick, uh, Jeriel, Bastilla Shan, Darth Malak, Mandalore the Ultimate, Darth Nihilus, um, Vistis Mar. Just th there's there's so many wonderful characters from this time period. If that's something you want to read up on or try to go back and see if you can get a copy of the games. And what what's the um? He always corrects us that it's Jarrell. Oh yeah, uh, we ended up meeting <laughs> John Jackson Miller, who wrote the Knights of the Old Republic comics, and we always called her. We always called. Uh, Zane Carrick's Arcanian uh, companion, Jeriel, but he, how did he say? Jarell. Jarell. It was, I think we tried to, we looked at the AE as more of like Israel, and it was just, it's a much flatter sound. So I think I still mispronounce it. And he corrects us, and he wrote Every it. Time. So he's got to be yeah, right. I mean, he created the character. Where can people find information about this? Oh, of course. Um, for the uh, Rakatan era, uh, a lot of it is in the comics. Uh, there isn't much in the way of books or other multimedia. Um, Great Hyperspace War, also uh, Dawn of the Jedi, a lot of the old Dark Horse prints. Um, the, for Mandalorian Wars and Jedi Civil War, that is, there's so much from that era. Um, there are a few books but mainly it's comics and then the knights of the old republic game and knights of the old republic 2 um both uh came out around uh 2003 2005 um might be able to find in the bargain bin uh I, that. no no i just mean because it's been 15 years yeah, since the game I came know. out there is rumor that they might be trying to make uh a, maybe a retread or like a, a remake of the old KOTOR games, but a lot of that is just rumor at this point. Can you guys tell us a little bit about your characters? Uh, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> um, uh, I created a Jedi Sentinel, so he's got a yellow lightsaber, and he goes by Ashnox Blackstar, which 
uh, is my cosplay name. Um, and then Jay. I am a smuggler. I am a Murielin smuggler. So I am green and have tattoos on my face similar to Barris um, in the Rebels? Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Um, I primarily, because of how you play the game, um, the smuggler storyline is totally different than the Jedi storyline. So my character mostly is on Nar Shaddaa. Um, so it's very hut cartel, um, kind of underworld black market. I'm like mostly a bounty hunter. Like I think I'm in a separate life was a bounty hunter because I, I really like hunting for things and people and I don't really care who it's for light side or dark side and that's very much me I, like we've both of our characters are very much ourselves just in the game which I thought was kind of interesting and Ash has been making um, a books of us like uh what are they called? Fanfic. Fanfics. There's like three of our fanfics now that have both of our original characters in them. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, it started as a little side project and now each of them are around like novel length. It's been crazy. <laughs> uh, they're all available over on AO3. Shameless plug. <laughs> How did you get so deep into this? <laughs> um, we are above our heads. A lot of it. Um, I was I played the Old Republic games back when I was in college, but then um, Kotor the yes, but the uh, original place the 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 real spark that got me back into this was uh, the next section we're going to go into, which is the um, Star Wars: The Old Republic, the the Swotor game era uh, of uh, this whole continuity. I got into the game. I ended up making some cosplays. Of uh, my own original character, and when um, I went to some of the big costuming clubs, they're a bit stricter on having original characters. So then we decided that we should make our own group, and as part of that, um, I just I really wanted to get into the research and the lore and try to really understand it, because there's going to be more than just a couple original characters from Swotor. I wanted to make sure that I was as well versed as possible. On, on any era. Well, that's just in case there's questions, I could just answer them rather than having to do the research. And we have, <laughs> we bought one of the, um, the Old Republic's encyclopedias. There's like <laughs> none left, but we have one. So we're like pretty high up on the Old Republic totem hole. So uh, after the Knights of the Old Republic, I'd say probably the second best known era uh, is what I, I've kind of termed the SWOTOR era that takes place about 300 years after Revan uh, during the Great Galactic War, then the Cold War, then the Eternal Empire. It's, it's a very uh, tight little from 3681 to about 3630. Um, this is when after defeating the Sith Empire, after Revan, after all of the, the problems that came after that, there's about 300 years of peace. And then the Sith Empire comes surging forward. And although Revan's Sith Empire was a danger, this is the true Sith. These are the, the red-skinned uh, ones from Korriban and Dromenkos and Zyost 
that have been hiding for about a thousand years in dark space. So the empire, the emperor who's been alive for about 1300 years because Sith alchemy, uh, he sends forth this army he's just been building over the centuries. Um, and they retake Korriban and they uh, end up just steamrolling uh, into Republic space. And the Republic fights back, but it is a hard fought stalemate of a war. And it goes on for about 28, 30 years before it looks like the Republic's finally making some real headway and the Empire uh, offers them a peace treaty. And as they go to meet for the peace treaty, they send their entire fleet to sack Coruscant. They end up taking over the skies. They blow up the Jedi Temple. They kill most of the Jedi Council. It is, it's an absolute coup. And out of that, uh, the Republic has to sue for peace, and they end up having to cede numerous systems. The Sith Empire ends up becoming a major superpower. The Republic is has its nose bloodied, but it's still generally a superpower. And then you've got the huts in inside space. Um, this is, that's the whole setup for the Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO that you can play online, and that that's still accessible. They put out content for that on a pretty regular basis. And we'll get into a deeper part of that story. Um, if you want uh, quick and like six minute chunks, um, little background on the Great Galactic War that I was just talking about, uh, the uh, SWOTOR trailers that they originally put out. They're so um, There's one called Return, one called Hope, and one called Deceived. They're about six minutes each, and they're these beautiful CGI battle trailers. Um, that some people have actually pointed to as this is what we want to see out of Star Wars. Yeah. As, as movies and TV shows and stuff have come out. Can you tell us the significance of yellow lightsabers? Roundabout way to answer your question. Uh, the way most people seem to uh, write it, have it written out, uh, blue sabers are normally used by Jedi Guardians uh, in the MMO. Those are normally the armored ones. They're much more uh, combat and martial martial arts focused. They're sort of rush in, go into combat, defend the innocent by by just rushing in and, and trying to save people. Um, con- green is normally the consulars. They're more the academics, those who focus more on the force rather than using a lightsaber blade. Um, those who are much more used, they're normally used as diplomats and... and um, they're more negotiators than than fighters. And then the Sentinels uh, are go bite with yellow blades. And they normally, they have a bit of the force, they have a bit of saber, but a lot of times they try to learn uh, skills that are not just something you can learn in the temple. Uh, slicing, piloting, uh, other skills that maybe they can go out and do investigations or try to blend in with uh, the rest of the citizens of the galaxy. Well, and the, the way you get your crystals has evolved over the last 10 years, whether it's um, now, I think it's, they become, they're clear when you get them and then they find their color where in the older public, like half of the Jedi is going through different um, investigative missions to find different colored crystals which would be used for your lightsabers eventually not necessarily your lightsaber but um 
what's funny is my original fascination with yellow lightsabers came from when I played Force Unleashed back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. I was running around a Star Killer, one of the first random crystal colors I could find as a secret collectible was yellow. And I just fell in love with it. Yellow's never been my favorite color, but I was like, I love this. I love this as a lightsaber for some reason. Is it canon because of the Jedi game? Um, it originally became canon because of um, the Jedi Temple Guards okay. in Clone Wars. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Ahsoka kind of had a greenish yellow one as her Shoto mm-hmm. later in the seasons too. Ahead about uh, 2,600 years again. Uh, to around a thousand BBY, so this is the whole uh, the Sith have been gone for a thousand years thing from Force uh, the Fend- sorry the Phantom Menace. This was the final the final uh, hurrah of the Sith before the Old Republic ended. So at the end of the Old Republic era, uh, we had the new Sith Wars. It was one final. Oh, one final war. It went on for probably close to 100 years. Um, but this was a time when the Sith just made one last push to try to wipe out the, the Jedi, the Republic. You're noticing a common theme. Um, but it was led by two big factor, factions, the Brotherhood of Darkness and a group uh, that was led by a Jedi named Lord Hoth. Um, and they, it was brutal fighting back and forth, but it finally came to a head when all of the Jedi and Sith ended up uh, gathering on one planet to sort of have it out. And a, something called a thought bomb went off and it ends up massacring almost all of the Jedi and wipes out every Sith in existence, except for two. A dark Lord named Darth Bane and his apprentice, Lord Xana. And this is where the uh, Darth Bane's rule of two comes from. He set it up so that everyone else got wiped out because he looked around at the Sith and he saw that so many of them were always getting in their own way. They were always backstabbing each other. And many times a Sith Lord might take three or four apprentices, you know, in case one dies. But then the apprentices would then gang up and kill their own master and we can't have that then you have a whole bunch of weak Sith <laughs> that weren't strong enough to defeat their master on their own so he thought there should only be two one to have the power and one to seek the power and once the apprentice gets strong enough they kill their master they're the new master they have to go get a new apprentice so that there's never more than two at one time and if they if the apprentice fails to kill the master, well, then you just get a new apprentice. It's not the best plan. You'll see that this ends up, they ended up after uh, they found out they're the only two and the Jedi thought the Sith were completely wiped out. They go underground and this, they stay underground for a thousand years going from master to apprentice to master to apprentice until you get up to Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious, Darth Maul, Dooku, Tyr- I guess that's Tyrannus. But like, and you know the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. But this uh, time period is where that infamous rule of two came from. And if you're interested in reading about that time period, there is a Darth Bane trilogy that I have heard is absolutely a fantastic series of books. 
it's still on my reading list, so I'm, I'm going to get around to it eventually. Who was the author of that? I think it's Drew Kasperin. He also did um, actually a lot of the writing for uh, The Old Republic and for KOTOR. So he's got quite a storied history on this time period. Um, he even actually wrote a book. Yep, Drew Kasperin. I just had Jay uh, fact check me. Nice. Um, he also wrote a book of Revan, where it's set between KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2. Um, if anyone's looking, like he, if you're, he's, he tends to be one of the best authors for that time period. If you're looking for, um, just regular paperback books as compared to comics or other things. And that it brings us to the end of the old Republic. You know, it's funny. I've, um, I've had a, a bunch of discussions with people on this for our group. Most people who join our group, the one of the questions we have is, who's your favorite character from Coach, from the whole Old Republic era? And I'd say probably 70% of people put Revan. And I think it's because he's such a complicated character. He has been the savior of the galaxy, and he's been a genocidal tyrant. And he's been dark, he's been light. It seems like most people seem to really like the dark evil version of him. And I, I mean, and Revan Redeem. that's something to unpack, but the people who love Revan as the Jedi Knight, the Revan Redeemed, that's, he's just, he's a prodigal knight. He's a butcher. He's a savior. He's, he's so many things to so many people. And I think that has real staying power as compared to some of the Sith from that era that were very one note. They were some of them were almost cartoonishly evil, like Darth Sion. Um, his whole thing is he dies, he gets back up. He dies, he gets back up. He's a man literally too angry to die. His body rots, and yet he somehow holds his decaying flesh together just by being angry. <laughs> and when he finally gives up that anger, he basically turns to dust like Thanos snapped him. Evan has that staying power. And then obviously he's he's one character that's maintained across everything from the Mandalorian Wars to Jedi Civil War to co- to um Star Wars the Old Republic. And then his own is he's sort of the Skywalker saga of that era. Yeah, he's very recognizable. And from a cosplay standpoint, uh he has a mask. So yeah, yeah. everyone's like, oh, I can put out a waistband and put on a mask and put up a hood. I'm good. True. And then I feel uh, just the fact that then there's his wife was Bastilla. His uh, descendants include Satil Shan and Theron Shan. Um, it's sort of the one family dynasty that sort of maintains through at least a chunk of the old Republic. Can you tell us about Revan and his family? Uh, they met during the events of Coach, the first uh, Knights of the Old Republic game, and it, they ha- ended up uh, having having love, getting married, but that only lasts a few years, and um, he ends up disappearing before their child is even born. But it's classic. It's yeah, it's that powerful lineage. Um, Star Wars, both in Legends and Canon, seems to have this duality of it doesn't matter even if you come from nothing you can be someone who can save the galaxy and at the same time there seems to be this threat of powerful families yeah 
You're never actually by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's, oh, you come from a heroic family. You must be a hero. You just don't know that. Do you think they are or were teasing an Old Republic trilogy? Mm-hmm. So we've, at least when they started opening the parks, everyone kept sending us pictures because they were like, isn't that the mask? Isn't that the blade? Aren't these things Old Republic? And we're like, <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Hmm. Um, and obviously we don't know, but we hope that they take their time when they select the characters and the era because it is such a large time span. It, sometimes I, every once in a while, I think that they're going to just kind of pick new characters in such a vast existing story which i'm kind of nervous about um but you also have people that would love to see a darth bane trilogy or a revan trilogy or um i would like a valkorian zakul trilogy um but i think you can't please everyone and they may have stepped back after the last couple of years of I don't, I don't know how they receive some of the feedback from the Skywalker or the whatever we're calling it, new trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping that it gave them a second chance to be like, okay, let's just take a minute, take some time off. And we don't know. You, like, we're, going, we're still planning on going to Star Wars Celebration in August. And maybe they've pulled a fast awesome. one on us and there's going to be a trailer or something. Like We don't know. I, I hope think so. <laughs> I think it was a safe bet going with the High Republic. Um, Old Republic, it's got too much tied into it. People yeah. have very strong opinions, <laughs> especially if you go near a character like Revan. But if you pick the High Republic, you've got nothing, no source material to go off of. You've got nothing. You can start with a, a clean slate. It's a time period where they can, they can have whatever characters they want. They can have whatever bad guys they want. There's not... Uh, the problem that you run into with things like even the prequels is you already know what's going to happen in the future and you sort of have to maneuver the plot line in order to eventually reach that conclusion with the high Republic. It means it's far enough away from old Republic that it's not going to have, it's not going to have too many continuity issues. It's far enough in the past before the Skywalker saga that it's not going to mess up anything there. You can, it it seems like it was a safe bet and I understand why they decided to do that. Well, and I think, too, ever since Disney took over, everyone has their own opinions. I think one of the benefits of Disney taking over is they have control over the multimedia. They've got comics. They've got kids' books. They've got the movies. They've got... I always listen to their audiobooks. Um, they have control over a gigantic narrative. And our older public already exists. So I think pulling on those multimedia strings may have tripped them up we well putting in our own plug and kind of patting ourselves on the back um when we were at celebration last last year um we had a swotor kotor table um and we definitely talked to multiple lucasfilm people um i i hopefully we don't think it had anything to do with any of their decisions they were just curious but we were trying to be very positive and um you know it seemed like some of the questions were like oh well how do you feel about disney taking over star wars well 
we're here for it. We are old <laughs> Republic people. Uh, we aren't canon yet. We're going to continue to be in that legacy, whatever they're calling it. Um, and I think we have to continue to be positive. And Where can folks find you online? Um, I am on both Facebook and Instagram on my cosplay page as Black Star Cosplay. Uh, my icon is just a star on a black background. And I am Crazy J Cosplay on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And then uh, the group we run is Cosplayers of the Old Republic. And if you're interested in costuming and building your own costume, the Facebook is definitely the better place because we sort of have a forum where people can ask questions and support each other. If you just want to see pretty pictures of people in cool costumes, uh, the Instagram is probably your best bet. Thank you to Ash and Jay for coming on. I hope everyone enjoyed this deep dive into the Old Republic. Uh, hopefully we can do things like this more often and definitely have Ash and Jay come back on. Definitely go check them out on social media. Um, and until then, may the force be with you.